0: This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Good morning, Christian Family Church, Johannesburg, South Africa. How are you doing? Come on, you can do much better than how you guys doing this morning. Go ahead right now and give yourselves an incredible round of applause this morning for being in church. Go ahead, you can do it. People that love Jesus on church and Sunday morning, you know, they could be fellowshipping, as you've heard Apostle Theo say, with pillow and duvet, but they decided to get out of bed and come and fellowship. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, we ought not to neglect the gathering together of the saints, even as the day approaches. How many of you know we know the day is approaching? Amen. But praise God. I also want to do something special here before I begin And that is, uh, which camera am I looking at right now? Okay, there we go. I'm going to face you right now. For all of you watching by way of live stream this morning, let's welcome them in to the service this morning. God bless you from wherever you are, whatever continent you're watching on. I trust that the Lord is going to speak to you and minister to your heart in an incredible way. So without any further ado, how many of you came expecting a word from heaven this morning? How many of you believe that you're going to leave with a word from heaven. Well, if you came expecting Jesus this morning, you are in the right place. But if you came expecting a man, then you're going to leave empty. Amen. All right. So let's go ahead and get started. And before we do that, look to your neighbor right now and say, get ready, get ready, get ready. Praise God. Now I heard that this, this morning service is, uh, you know, this, this is the, the bunch of people that are wild. Is that really true? Okay, I don't think so. Maybe it's the second service. Is this the wild service? Okay, let's try that one more time. Is this the wild service? That's much better. Okay, I need you. Remember, I live in America right now, so, so I need some people to work with me. Amen? You know what I tell the people in America now? Because I'm South African by birth. I've got my U.S. citizenship. So in America, I tell them, look, I come from the motherland. I'm from South Africa, but I'm also American, so that makes me... African-American, baby. Yeah. Hallelujah. You can't take the African out of me. Come on, somebody. Yeah. All right, well, let's go ahead and get started. And just before I do that, I obviously, uh, you know, I want to ma- get through some formalities. And, and and this is a very important thing. So it's not like I'm checking my list on, on my notes here as something to do, but rather out of a position of honor. I want to honor our apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Vilmarans, aren't you glad that the Lord has planted you in this church? Amen. Under an apostolic anointing that is a building anointing, just like you heard about the growth track this morning. Come on. The vision here is that you find your purpose on purpose with a purpose. And how do we put that with the scripture? Simply this. The vision is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. How many of you believe God's got big things in store for your life this morning? Hallelujah, praise God. Let me look at you right now, right in the eyeballs, every one of you, especially those of you watching by way of live stream right now, let me go ahead and tell you, the best is yet to come. In fact, it's just started. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. Now, Father, we thank you this morning for the incredible privilege to come and stand, to be here, to share your word with your people. I thank you, Lord, that you make my tongue as the pen of a ready writer. Anoint every word. Holy Spirit, come. Let me say everything that needs to be said. And I thank you that the incorruptible word of God will fall upon hearts whose soil is ready for the seed of your word to come. Not just be on, on thorny ground, but, Lord, on fertile ground that will produce a mighty harvest. And all of those that love the Lord said, praise God. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hallelujah. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm so excited to be here and uh, it's such an honor and privilege to be here this morning in South Africa. I'll tell you what, uh, there's some platforms that i preached around the world on, but I'll tell you what, this is the greatest honor for me always. I always say it's the greatest honor to be able to come behind this platform and have the opportunity to share the word of the Lord. But how many of you know what the theme is for this month? Back to basics. Somebody say back to basics. Amen. Say it one more time. Back to basics. Amen. So when I was meditating on the theme, I'm connecting what I'm bringing to you as a message, a word this morning, back to basics. When, when I thought about it, I thought about foundation. Amen. Somebody say foundation. Amen. But the subject that I'm bringing to you along with connecting this with the back to basics a theme is entering into God's rest. Somebody say entering into God's rest. Praise God. How many of you know that that, uh, life serving the Lord, when you're out of that place of rest is not a fun thing to be in? Amen. God has given us a supernatural rest that we ought to be living in So that we can become everything that God's called us to be, but not feel weary and tired. Amen. How many of you know it's not the will of the Lord for you to be exhausted serving Him? Are you with me? Can can I get an agreement on that? It's not the will of the Lord for you to be exhausted while serving Him. So we're going to talk about some foundational truth, which brings us back to basics. So we're going to talk about entering God's rest. Somebody say this with me. It's a covenant of rest. One more time. It's a covenant of rest. Under the old, it was do, do, do. Now, let me go ahead and just say this. I put do, do, do three times because I didn't want to say under the old, it was do, (laughs) do. Oh, Lord, have mercy. It's okay, guys. You can smile. It's all right to have joy. Amen. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. Amen. He's given you the joy of your salvation. Amen. Hallelujah. How many of you are glad you saved today? Yeah. Hallelujah. Praise God. But in the new, it's done, done, done. Somebody say done, done, done. Yeah. Jesus got a done deal for us. He went to the cross. He said it is finished. He put completely, perf- perfectly finished That work on the cross of Calvary for every one of you, everything that needed to be done, everything that we need was purchased at the expense of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. So that you and I here in this brand new covenant can be the benefactors or the recipients or the inheritors of that brand new covenant that belongs to you and I. Come on, let me tell you right now, the prophets of old wanted to be alive for such a time as this, but God never selected them. He selected you. Put your hand on your heart right now and say, God selected me. Only when we rest in the finished work of Calvary can God begin His good work in us. And His grace abounds. And where His grace abounds, good works abound. Amen? Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Listen to me right now. Let me go ahead. I'm going to have you repeat this after me. Say this, good works don't produce faith. Say this, but faith produces good works. Let's do that one more time. Good works don't produce faith, but faith produces good works. Amen? I'll get into a little bit more detail as we go along here. Don't worry. So we're establishing a new covenantal understanding here this morning. How many of you understand That the cross is the dividing line between the old and the new. That when Jesus said, it is finished, is the very moment that the new covenant began. Amen? And the new covenant is not the old covenant amended. So the old covenant never had a few amendments in order for us to live in the new. The new covenant is a brand new covenant. In fact, the book of Hebrews talks about the old in that it is obsolete. Now, I have to make sure that by making statements like that, that I say this. Does that mean that we no longer get revelation or that we cannot learn from the old covenant? No, 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 absolutely. Because the entire word of God is the infallible truth from Genesis to Revelation, and we need it all in order for us to come to the maturity that Christ Jesus wants us to walk in. What I am saying is, is that there is a new way since Jesus said it is finished, and don't you know the Bible says that a little leaven leavens the whole lump. So when we look to the old covenant, It is actually a type and shadow of what the new would look like. How many of you understand that in the new covenant, Jesus is the substance? He is the substance and the old is the shadow. The shadow which spoke about what the real thing would look like and what the real thing looks like is Jesus Christ, the son of the most high God who came down. in a fleshly body he was the substance and not the shadow so why are we trying to live in the shadow when we have the substance we use the shadow as a way to see Jesus in the shadow we use the shadow as a way to see Christ in that shadow that was trying to be painted. Why? So that faith comes. Amen? To build our faith. Not as an observance, but as a way to build our faith. There's no power in the observance. But there is power in the substance and his name is Jesus. Amen? Hey, I know you look a little bit more excited than that right now. Mmm somebody hey hey come on somebody (laughs) all right so let's establish this really quickly Hebrews chapter 9 verse 16 through 17 it says here and this is not something that I included in the scriptures so just follow with me unless you guys are that good that you can pull it up on the screen wow you guys are awesome You guys are on top of it. Hey, let's give the media department a big round of applause, guys. Absolutely amazing. For where there is a testament, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. Where there is a testament, Where there is a will, in other words, where there is a will that is given, there must also of necessity be the death of the person that is giving the will. All right, I'm just putting that into modern vernaculars here so we can understand. For a testament is in force after men are dead. So you cannot be the benefactor or you cannot receive the benefits of that will until that person dies. Some of you are looking and thinking about some people you hope would die right now so you can get that will. Please, that is very ungodly. Repent. <laughs> oh, Lord, have mercy. Hey, it's okay to have fun in church. Amen. But Jesus died, and therefore, because he died, He gave us a will that we become inheritors of. And here's the deal, that inheritance, this is what we're talking about. Back to basics, living life in the new covenant, resting in the Lord. Part of the inheritance is the riches of of Christ's finished work that he has given to us that we begin to appropriate. Come on, we are not taking things out of the realm of the spirit that do not exist. We are pulling things that have already been purchased for us from the realm of the spirit into the earth. Are you with me? So those provisions are available to us and therefore what we're talking about is this rest in God. And the most important thing we need to take from today is understanding how to appropriate living in God's rest. How do we live in that rest and what does it look like? It all depends on how you are positioning yourself because how many of you ever heard, don't put the cart before the horse? How many of you understand you're gonna have problems if you're trying to put the cart before the horse? How many of you understand also that when the horse is going and the cart is behind the horse, that it's functioning In the way that it should function. Are you with me? So what am I saying here this morning? We're talking about the rest of God. Going into the rest of God. We're talking about putting the cart, putting the horse in front of the cart. But what we are saying is, how do we appropriate that rest? Because if your understanding of resting in God is you trying to earn and deserve what Jesus has already done. You are putting the cart in front of the horse. Amen. If you are walking in the rest of God by understanding that everything that I need in this life has already been given to me. Then you are correctly. Come on, you are correctly In the authority that you have as a believer, you are correctly appropriating what heaven has given to you and therefore you are in a position of rest. You are not striving, you are not toiling, you are not working for something that has already been given to you. Oh, come on somebody. What I'm trying to tell you this morning is that what Jesus paid for, for you right now in heavenly places, there is a storehouse with your name written on it, with everything that you need for this lifetime. And every time that you have faith in God, what does that mean? To trust in His work, to trust in Him as your Savior, to trust in Him that what, when He said it is finished, He actually said it is finished, to trust Him that you begin to deplete that storehouse with your name on it. But by the time you get to heaven, your storehouse is empty because you used up everything that was already purchased for you. Come on. All right, let's go to Galatians chapter 5, verse number 4. Christ is become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, ye are fallen from grace. I like the New American Standard Bible version. It says here, you have been severed from Christ. You who are seeking to be justified by the law, you have fallen from grace. You have been severed. In other words, you are no longer attached because you are seeking to be justified by the law. What does that mean? You are trying to attain what God has given you in your own strength. And the Bible says you have fallen from grace. In other words, we are attached to the vine who is Jesus and through that vine, the life of God and his provisions flow from heaven to earth to you but when you attempt to take things into your own hands and by your own strength, you detach yourself from the source of that provision and now you have fallen from grace. What does that fallen from grace means? That just simply means this. You are not allowing the work of grace to go to work for you because you are trying to do the work of grace for yourself. let grace work for you. Somebody say that with me. I will allow the grace of God to work for me. Oh, come on somebody. Hey, guess what? And we've all got to be very careful because the book of Solomon's chapter two, verse 15 actually says, yea, verily, don't you know that is the small foxes, the very small foxes that destroy the vine. And so we get saved and before long, a little fox comes in, no matter what it is. And all these little foxes become, come into your life and before you know it, whether it's the things of the world, whether it's circumstances, whether it's fear, whether it's just good old religion, terrible religion, sorry that creeps into your life pretty soon, instead of allowing the horse to be in front of that cart, you are now serving God in a Christianity where the cart is in front of the horse instead of it being the other way around. Mm. Hey, shh, that's too much work, that one. Come on. Hey. Why would we want to? Why would we want to try to accomplish in our own strength what Jesus has already given to us to allow to flow through us? So what you're hearing this morning is a Christ-centered gospel. Because right at the center of everything that I'm saying is Jesus is at the beginning, Jesus is in the middle, and Jesus is at the end. He is the beginning and the end. He is the alpha and the omega. He is the author and the finisher. Come on, He is the bright morning star. He is the pinnacle. He is the epicenter of our faith. And any gospel that will promote you to doing things in your own strength is not based on Him because it's all about Him and what He's You guys are very excited. I mean, I feel faith in this place this morning. Faith to begin to depend on what Jesus has already done for us. Faith. That says, Lord, I'm going to quit striving and doing things in my own strength. Faith that says, I'm going back to the basics. Faith that says, I'm no longer going to walk a Christian life in my own ability. But I'm going to depend upon the grace of God and the Holy Spirit who has come to empower me. To allow that grace to work in and through me. I feel a faith that is rooted in Jesus Christ and not rooted in yourself. Bible says, come to me, Matthew 11, 28. All ye that are weary and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble and heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come to me, all ye that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So obviously, Jesus is speaking to an audience. And he's speaking to an audience about exchanging their burdens and taking what he has. I call that the divine exchange. But he says, come to me, all ye that are heavy laden, and I will give you Rest, for his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So there is a yoke and a burden that we can take upon ourselves, obviously for Jesus to come and say, come on, take my yoke upon you. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So we can be working a work, but that still has us in a place of exa- exhaustion. But Jesus is coming. And this is, by the way, this is in, 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 this is in the book of Matthew. Jesus hasn't even gone to the cross yet. How many of you know that that, that scripture is 100% fulfilled when he said it is finished? Come on, Here, there is a divine exchange that has taken place. For us to enter into that place of rest in Him. I'm going to go ahead and and give you some homework this morning. And don't think just because you're watching my live stream this morning that you don't get homework. You've also got homework. Hebrews chapter 4 is the foundation really of what I'm talking to you about this morning. Because it's, it's, the, it's the chapter in the Bible that talks about, the whole of chapter 4 is basically talking about coming into that place of rest. Because the book of Hebrews chapter 4 talks about from the beginning, it's talking all about the rest that was there, that God rested on the seventh day. But every provision that he gave Adam in the garden in the book of Genesis that was available to Adam that we lost in the garden. Jesus came as the second Adam, undid what the first Adam did and purchased our authority back. So now we could be seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus that we can be inheritors of exactly what Adam had we now have in our possession. And when we're talking about resting in God, we're not talking about inactivity. When we're talking about resting in God, that doesn't mean that we sit and do nothing. It doesn't mean that we become passive as a people. Not at all. The Bible says that we have been created In Christ Jesus for good works. But in order for those good works to manifest through our lives, we have to make sure that those good works are not centered in us trying to accomplish it in our own strength, but rather understand that I've already been given everything in Christ, which therefore brings a response from my life that I want to give my life to you for the kingdom's cause. There is a response. We have been created in Christ Jesus for good works. The Apostle Paul, in verse 11 of chapter 4, says here, Let us labor therefore to enter into that rest. So there is one work that you and I can do in our own strength. Come on, there's one work. Somebody say one work. There's one work that we can do in our own strength. And when Paul says, let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, that is simply telling you, constantly remind yourself of what Jesus has richly provided for you so that you don't step out of the vine where the grace of God provides for you everything that Jesus has purchased for you. Constantly remind yourself because if you do not labor, And remind yourself, you're going to step out of that place into the place of toiling and striving in your own ability. And lastly, in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, from verse 26, we go all the way into chapter 2, all the way to verse 3. We see... God creating all of the heavens, all of the earth, all of creation. And the last thing that God creates is Adam. The last thing that God creates is mankind. And He does it in the evening of the sixth day. In the evening of the sixth day. Guess what? By the Jewish understanding, the evening is the beginning of the day. Ladies and gentlemen, what do you do when you come home afterwards? talking about back to basics entering into rest what do you do when you come back from work you rest in the evening is the beginning of the day so when God breathed into Adam's nostrils the first revelation he had in life was complete rest why because he couldn't go to God and say hey What can I help you with? God said, nothing, Adam. Everything that needs to be done has been completely done, Adam. It is finished. I've done everything. All of the provision you need has already been given to you. Why? So that I can have perfect communion with you. Jesus, the second Adam, can ask you the same question. Come on, God can say, well, you can tell God, what can I do? Nothing. Jesus has already purchased everything for you. Why? Why? so that I can have perfect communion with you. Hallelujah. Can we do one thing really quickly? Let's give Jesus the biggest shout of praise that we can right now, really quickly. The biggest shout of praise.